Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for March 12th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends and Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, John Magi, and Will Perry over in the peanut gallery. And uh, we have uh, plenty of emails and voicemails to play for you. We'll just go through the usual routine before we get started. If you want to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can call us toll-free inside the United States, area code 877-310-9662. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you'll get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a pin and lanyard. And at the end of every month, we select one winner, one person at random from all the emails and voicemails that we play. And that person gets a shot at one of the 30 envelopes we have, the prize envelopes we have here in the studio. So with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and go right to our first voicemail, which is Jaime from Glendale, California, who has a segment suggestion and who also spent an awful lot of money on souvenirs. So here's Jaime. Hey, Diz Crew. This is Jaime Montes from Glendale, California. I just wanted to call and let you know thank you very much for all your help. Uh, I went to Disney World for the first time uh, back in late November, early December with my wife, Sandra, and our son, Oscar. And we had a great time. And uh, I wanted to bring up, a, 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 maybe you guys could use this as a segment or, or, or whatever if you want, um, on the do's and don'ts for first-timers to Disney World. And, and the reason I, I bring this up, because uh, I, I wish I would have I known better on how to manage... Our souvenirs, uh, we went kind of overboard on our souvenirs, about $4,000 worth. And trying to fit all that in in just six little suitcases. Uh, well, let's just say we were able to figure it out, and, uh, uh, and we got it all here. We did lose some souvenirs, but for the most part, we did get all, all of it safely and no damages. Anyways, uh, thank you very much for your help, and talk to you guys soon. Well, I think we all, uh, our, our reaction, Jaime, was the same going around the table. Our first, our first don't suggestion is don't spend $4,000 on souvenirs. <laughs> Unless you bought them for us. Yeah, really. That's an awful lot of money. But, you know, it's really easy to do. I mean, it's... it's yeah, 75 you know, bucks for a sweatshirt, you know, it adds up quick. It does. It does, and especially when you're, if you're, if you're a first-timer and you're just coming out to Disney World, and you're kind of overwhelmed by all the all the stuff. It's real easy as you're getting off an attraction. I mean, Disney makes it painfully easy to part you with your cash, and this just kind of goes into the whole planning, uh, the planning aspect. You see, now what we do tell people though is that because uh, a, a lot of times what happens is people do just the opposite. They end up not not spending the money on the souvenirs and then wishing they had once they got home. So I guess it's like anything else, everything in balance and. You know, have a budget set for it and kind of keep a running tally of, of what you're spending. But uh, but that's like, gee, I wish I bought that keychain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, gee, I wish I bought the Emporium. <laughs> it, it sounds to me like he might have bought some collectibles because he said some of the items didn't make it home. Something to keep in mind is that Disney will ship 
items back to your house. There is a fee. It's not cheap. It's you're paying you're paying standard shipping rates for stuff, but at least you don't have to worry about squashing things into your luggage and if you know the plane they're going to throw the luggage on the plane or something. So right. that's an option. If you buy something a little more expensive, spend a little money, have it shipped home, buy some insurance just to make sure you get it home safe. Set yourself a limit for each yeah. day on how much you're going to spend. You know he did. It was fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he was very careful to stay in his budget. And the other thing they have to remember is you. You know, luggage, uh, they're only allowing one bag in some of these airlines now, so that's very limited. So you, you really do want to think about shipping it or, or being careful of what you buy. You have to get your, your neighbor next door to come help you sit on your suitcase. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Don't listen to Julie's store tour segments. <laughs> yeah, that's a good don't. But uh, I do like the uh, the, idea, the the idea segment suggestion there, Jaime, for... Uh, Do's and don'ts for first-timers. I think that's a good idea. And uh, we'll actually put that segment together. So, Jaime, you get to pick a number. Oh, Maybe get something... Uh, that he didn't buy. Get something that you didn't <laughs> buy, I hope. Is there anything in those envelopes where that you help somebody with their visa bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they take the Disney gift cards. <laughs> in retrospect, right? So, but thank you very much for that. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin... I actually have an email which made me laugh right out loud. Oh, yeah. This one was funny. Me too. Uh, Last week, somebody called in with a voicemail about uh, strollers and never left his name. And we affectionately named him Stroller Boy. Right. This was a cast member appreciation uh, voicemail that he left. Well, we hear from this gentleman who says, After hearing Julie earlier this week that my cast member story email or voicemail, excuse me, was part of this week's show, I thought, cool. Aside from myself and anyone else who's ever left a voicemail that their voice would sound dorky, of course. However, I didn't have a chance to listen until it till yesterday. Needless to say, I wasn't aware of not leaving my name or on the voicemail. See the dorky comment above. So given the background, I had to at least wait. I'm sorry. So given the background, I had to at least write to say a couple of things. Many apologies to Mrs. Julie Martin. I sent off a reply email from my Yahoo email saying thank you, and I'd love a Diz Unplugged t-shirt, but failed to mention a size. Seeing a pattern of forgetfulness here? So I decided to reply again with the shirt size. No problem, right? Wrong. I clicked send and received a note from my Yahoo mail saying the message didn't send. Retry. Now, I'm an IT project manager, and the rule of thumb I tell my customers is never to continue clicking on refresh or... The, like a million times hoping to find hoping the thing you want to see will come up. So what did I do? I started clicking repeatedly <laughs> on the try again button as if it were a whack-a-mole game. <laughs> yeah, I got six emails from him. <laughs> until it said message sent or until I got the high score. Out of curiosity, I checked my sent items and noticed that I sent a large number of the same email to Julie. Yikes. So, Julie, many, many apologies, noting I hate worse than, nothing I hate worse than frequent repliers. You can unblock my email now. Uh, Stroller Boy, his second point. Stroller Boy, really, guys? My wife wants to know how come I couldn't be Stroller Dude or Stroller Man. Something much more hero-like than uh, than more sidekick-like. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could come to the rescue of anyone having wobbly wheel problems in the park. Carry one of them old-fashioned oil cans, clink, clink, for anyone who with a squeaky rose, uh, stroller wheel. Honestly, I got a huge laugh out of it and had to think as I've been trying to come up with something, anything, for a board name. But I haven't been able to. Perhaps with the notoriety of your show, Stroller Boy will be known far and wide and make me something of a cult hero. Okay not, re- okay, not really, but I can dream. Lastly, a real question. 
do you guys do reviews on exactly what goes on, on the, at the hard ticket events at Disney? I'm going down late in the year and wondered what the cost of admission gives you for the not-so-scary Halloween party. Also, does it last until November 2nd? Heard that somewhere, heard that somewhere, but can't find it in print. Thanks, guys, for the awesome show. Keep up the good work. Oh, and Bob, call me. We have a future in the comics. We could be the Joker in the boot featuring Stroller Boy. Yeah, yeah, cool. And this comes from Chris Cullen. I'll be in my fortress of stroller tude if you need me. I am so sorry, but you are stroller boy. We are not changing this for you. And stroller boy is cool because then your character can grow. They so that super boy and they became super stroller teen. Right, stroller teen. I don't want to just limit your your time there. We do do uh, we do do. <laughs> there's and there's, there's our reference. reference. There you go. Oh, uh, sorry. We have talked about what goes on at the events. You really need to pay more attention, Stroller Boy. Um, <laughs> and as for it going until November second, oh my, <laughs> sorry, You're just beating up on poor Stroller Boy. Really, I think he can take it's, it. I think he can too. After reading this email, he's got a sense of humor. I, I are the. I'll, the, I'll know better. September just came out, and I'm getting an idea of what the beginning date was, I think it's around the 14th of September, thereabouts, for the first Halloween party. But I won't know until the November hours come out. Bob was anticipating my question of, do you know if there's a Halloween party on November 2nd? And the answer is no. No, 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 that's not what I said. The long long form answer is no. (laughs) I will say that in 07, there was a party after Halloween. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that it could be on November 2nd. Do we know now? Nobody knows now. Okay, so the answer at this point is no. No, for two more months. (laughs) Got that stroller boy? Okay. (laughs) So... I hope that it will become his name on the boards. I do too. I hope he decides to become he a stroller has no boy. Choice. <laughs> yeah, really. I can just go in and change his, his username if I find yeah, it. Every time he <laughs> every time he puts it <laughs> You know, not for nothing. Not for nothing I own the boards. Every time he puts the his name in there it'll automatically default to stroller boy. Chris, you have a good sense of humor, thanks. That made me laugh. Yeah, that made us all uh, laugh. We got a chuckle out of that, so thank you very much for that. Well says an email they'd like to read. I do. Mrs. Martin. Mine's from Chris in Bettendorf, Iowa. I hope I said that correctly. Reddington, Readington. (laughs) (laughs) She's obsessed with that mistake, isn't she? Hi, guys. I was wondering, do you know what the hours are for the barbershop on Main Street? We're visiting in June with our one-year-old daughter, and we'd like to get her her first haircut there. Well, Chris, they're open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and the last haircut is taken at 4.30 the Dapper Dans do perform occasionally throughout the day, so you may get a chance to see them. Uh, the first ha- haircuts are their specialty. Um, they include pixie dust and bubbles. Your child will get a first haircut set of Mickey ears as well as a little certificate. And then it's $14 for children 10 and under, $17 for adults. No appointments are accepted, and the best time to go would be first thing in the morning or during the afternoon parade. And Bob, you've uh, had your grandchildren. Both of them have have done this, and it, it's really a fun thing to do. Bring your video camera, lots of pictures. You can have, you can. They'll ask you if the kids want to have glitter in the hair or it, make their hair different colors, and they'll put pixie dust stuff up there, and it, it's really a fun experience. So the color costs five dollars. Just so you yeah. know. But <laughs> Bob did the my first comb over. 
but they, like Julie said, you know, they get a they get a set of Mickey ears and a certificate. I'm just going past it. I'm not even going to. You don't need to repeat what I said. I know. You're just trying to hijack. I, <laughs> well, it's just because well, no, I, I wanted him. I wanted him to answer something because I, you know, I know both of his yeah. grandchildren have had it done. But uh, I have some video of them, and you know, the kids have it so that they can look back on it later and and be completely embarrassed. Yeah. So. But it was a fun thing for the for the kids. It is. It's a cute thing that they do. It was a fun thing for the grandmother and the mother. I mean, they were just all happy. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. We had happy parents. And Speaking of the Dapper Dans, we had a cool experience. I put this in my, my blog post. We have some video up. Actually, I meant to mention that in the last show. Uh, put some new video up on our YouTube channel. We're going to have links to it in the show notes page this week. But the, And there's going to be some more going up. But um, we're sitting on Main Street. Bob and I enjoying a cup of coffee and a uh, one of those incredible cinnamon oh, buns, those cinnamon oh, buns are from the bakery, and the Dapper Dan's. We're sitting uh, right in front. Uh, you know, you go down Main Street, kind of off to the side in front of the ice cream shop, and right next to the Plaza Restaurant. Dapper Dan's literally came right in front of us. It was like right there, and did a whole like fifteen twenty minute routine. I have a story about the Dapper Dan's also. I was playing hooky from work one time and called in sick and i called from the magic kingdom from the payphones right around the corner from the plaza hotel or the <laughs> plaza restaurant and while i was on the phone with my boss the dapper dance came out and started <laughs> that went over well did you have a job after that uh-huh and my boss said to me are you sick in the magic kingdom <laughs> yeah you could have said it was one of those sickly grams you know when people come to your door and sing to you well, that was one of the things you had an issue with you you couldn't find a quiet space to make a phone well, call. No, from we were, that we area. went into the Plaza Restaurant to have to have lunch, and you know, I felt guilty enough that I went and checked into the hotel while Walter is sitting back, you know, at the house recuperating. But he insisted that I go. He said, "I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, just as long as I have food, I'm happy." And so I, you know, I was calling him every like, you know, fifteen minutes. Are you are you all right? Are you all right? You need anything? And uh, that particular day, I think that was what Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, when- and. I was having trouble. Get, he wasn't answering the phone. And now normally, if, you know, if, if I have trouble getting a hold of him in the morning, I automatically think like he was in a car accident on the way to work or something like that happened. So I was even like more panic-stricken knowing that he just had surgery and he's not answering his phone. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and he never sleeps in the afternoon. So uh, you know, finally we're having lunch at the Plaza Restaurant, and he calls. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to take the call at the table. I have to walk outside. And this the Castle <laughs> Forecourt show was going on. It was like a complete assault on the senses. It was so unbearably loud. And then I went in. So I figured, let me run into the bathroom. It was being piped into the bathroom. <laughs> okay. And there's just some things you don't need, like, you know, hearing Mickey Mouse while you're on the bowl. I mean, it's just kind of twisted. And I said to him, I said, let me call you back when, you know, the world stops exploding. Um, but no, it can get pretty that loud. The Magic Kingdom can get pretty, pretty loud. Yeah. Never call in sick from there. No. No, not at all. But, all right, well, uh, thank you for that, Julie. Um, we hijacked that one, too. Yeah. That was a good... Uh, yeah, we we got a lot of good information yeah. out on that. And we managed to get in another poop reference. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Heather in Long Island. 
who has some questions for John about renting out DVC points. So here's Heather. Hi to Pete and the Dis Unplugged crew. I wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed your podcast, and I make sure that I listen to it as soon as it comes out every week. Um, I had a quick question about renting out your DVC points. I know that in a previous podcast, John had mentioned that it could be more advantageous to rent out your points and then take the cash and use it to reserve a cruise rather than using your DVC points um, to reserve a cruise directly because that could end up being a lot of points. Can maybe John go through that whole process? Um, I'm specifically concerned with how do I avoid getting a bad renter um, and having them cancel on me and then maybe losing my points. Um, if he could just go through that, I'd really appreciate it. Heather, this uh, question actually comes up quite a bit in one form or another. Let me see if I can give you guys some information out there. Um, if you don't know, DVC stands for Disney Vacation Club. That's their version of a timeshare. Unlike normal or, or regular timeshares of the past, you don't have a specific week or a specific time that you rent. You purchase points, and these points can be used for a variety of accommodations through a variety of um, times of the year to, to visit. The nice thing about the flexibility of the point program is that other people can use your DVC if you make the reservation for them. They can You call up and make a reservation and use your points under someone else's name. It's a nice perk of being a Disney Vacation Club member. Uh, as I mentioned in the past, Disney Vacation Club members can rent their points to someone else, and it's as simple as making another reservation for someone else in their name using your points. When you do this for someone you don't know, obviously you have to take some precautions and protect yourself. There's some very good resources on the DVC for rent for trade board. They've done some really great uh, work collecting the information. Yeah, those moderators have done an amazing, amazing job of managing that board and the information yeah. that's on it. It's really, it's tremendous. There's even uh, some a sample contract for if you're going to uh, rent your points or you're going to rent your points from somebody, uh, what the contract might look like between you and this person. My advice is, first of all, get everything in writing. Spell it out ahead of time. Make sure everybody understands what your terms are. As an example, I require, if someone wants to rent my points, I require that they give me a deposit at the time I make the reservation. I supply them with the reservation number from DVC, and once I get the paperwork, I send them the original paperwork from, the, from their reservation. Then you pick a certain amount of time prior to travel, and that's when the balance is due. So you say, at this point in time, you pay me in full, the reservation can't be canceled or changed, and then... You go from there. And again, getting all this in writing ahead of time, putting together sort of a contract between you gives everybody that um, uh, the sense of security as well as um, some legal recourse. There have been problems. Um, I have heard stories of people who have rented points who have uh, the person has uh, canceled the reservation and they've had a problem with that and actually had to take people to court over it. So yeah, but I just let, let me just say that that is that is absolutely the exception exactly. and not the rule. The vast majority of those trades go off without a hitch, and there are many of them going on every day on that board. Right. So, what I wanted my point about saying that was in this particular case, the person even said to me, "I knew I made a mistake because the person who posted who I rented from only had two posts." One of the things you want to be aware of is if someone is on the boards just to do this. 
it might not be on the up and up. Look for someone who's got a high post count. Look for someone who's giving information on the boards who you think is not just showing up to rent their points. In addition to to making sure that someone has a decent post count, you can also go to the boards and ask. Uh, I'm planning on renting points from this person. Has anybody ever used them before looking for references? And vice versa. This person is going to rent points for me. I want to make sure that uh, has anyone used them? Are they a good reference as well? We're seeing also people who are um, booking DVC for popular times of the year, say over Christmas or over New Year's, at the furthest point out that they can at their hotel, and then selling these vacations on eBay. So, again, you got to be really careful. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. However, I, I've had a great experience with it every time I've done it. Um, the nice part is one person rents from me every year, and she's fantastic, and we have a great relationship, and I'm not worried about it. So she pays me when she can a little bit at a time. And if you are a renter, I, I suggest um, using PayPal. That will give you another recourse if mm-hmm. the person uh, – can't pay or doesn't pay or gives you a false payment, you can go through PayPal for a resolution. There's a lot of recourse through PayPal, absolutely. Right. So, Well, thank you very much for that, John. And, uh, you know, while, uh, while I'm thinking about it, I've been men- meaning to put this, mention this in the show for the last few weeks, and, and shame on me, I keep forgetting, but as we were talking about this and I was mentioning how, what a great job uh, Doc, Bill, and Lisa do on, uh, on the rent trade board, on the DVC boards in general, um, you know, we get a lot of feedback from people telling us how, how much they love the site, how much they love the boards. We're very much, uh, you know, bec- I guess because we do the show especially, we get a lot of the accolades. Um, but it really and truly, and I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not being, you know, gushy here. I'm being very serious. Uh, the the moderators and the webmasters on the boards are the unsung heroes. These guys get to have to deal with all the problems. And I get all the praise. And these guys do a tremendous, tremendous amount of work, and none of them are paid for it. Every single one of them is a volunteer. So what I was going to ask everybody to do, as a favor to me, if you would do, guys would do this, go ahead and send an email or a private message to, if, if, you, if you, you frequent certain boards, please let those moderators know that you appreciate them. Send, email, send an email to admin at www.info.com. Let the webmasters know you appreciate what they do. They don't ever hear that. All they ever hear is, you know, you gave me 20 points for this, or you did this, or you're not being fair here. And they get constantly barraged with that. And it always has bothered me that I rarely ever see good comments being made about these folks. And especially my webmaster team, uh, really and truly, I don't know what I what I did in a past life to give me the for- good fortune to have this particular group of people willing to do all this work for no money and really get a lot of a lot of crap from some of our posters. So I'm going to start mentioning it more often. But I would really appreciate if those of you listening to the show that go out on the boards and enjoy the boards and get information from the boards, it's all free. It's all free for you guys. Please let them know how much you appreciate them. I know, you know, like I said, I, I started them, but these guys keep them running. These guys, I couldn't do it without them. Honest to God, I could not do it without them. So if you enjoy the boards, if you appreciate the, the tips and the information and all that great stuff, please, please let the moderators and the webmasters know. Uh, send them a PM, send them an email. But I would really appreciate it if you guys would do that. So, 
now with that out of the way, who else has an email they'd like to read? Corey. I have one from Steve from Leesburg, Georgia. Hey, guys. My family and I enjoy college football very much, and we go down to Disney World each Labor Day. This is the first weekend of college football season, and we have been eating supper at the All-Star Cafe while we watch the games. This has now changed to a counter-service restaurant, and we need somewhere to go to eat supper and watch football. Is the All-Star Cafe now um, still showing sporting events, but just in a counter-service atmosphere? We've tried to get into the ESPN club, but the wait times have been crazy. Is there any other family-friendly sport bar-type places on property or close by that y'all think would be a good place to try? I know there's a Hooters fairly close by, and that would be okay, but I was hoping to find somewhere that we haven't tried before. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Hooters is not family-friendly, first of all, in my opinion. <laughs> my grandpa likes Hooters. Yeah, but that's Sorry, your grandfather. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would suggest, uh, <laughs> I would suggest uh, the Orlando Ale House. We, we've watched uh, a bunch of games over there. I don't watch LSU games over there anymore ever since they, they lost to the Florida Gators a few years back. So I won't go there. I'm very superstitious. But I will watch the Saints games there. Um, well, he also, gets, he also gets on the verge of violence when his team is losing. Yeah, <laughs> So he I gets do. very, I very do. passionate about I it. I do. But Orlando Ale House is a great place to watch a football game. They have uh, several TVs with several different games on. Um, besides just the football, they have an extensive menu that I think everybody in your family will find something you enjoy there. Um, when, when you show up, just kind of tell the hostess what game you want to watch. And she, um, she'll have a little chart and seat you as close to that TV as possible. And it's really close. It's in the Lake Buena Vista area. It's closer than Hooters. Um, that's where I would suggest, for sure. I just happened to be at the uh, All-Star Cafe over at Wide World of Sports yesterday. And I was liking what I was seeing over there. They have some really good food options uh, just to mention one or two, there was a, a pastrami sandwich, and there was a actually a Cobb salad that I I ordered, and for seven ninety nine, it it was really a nice salad, and it's it's a different concept they're doing. You you go up and order your food, and they give you a number, and you take it to the table, and you put it in this this machine, and it tells the kitchen actually where you are in the restaurant. And then they bring the food out to you. Hmm. So it's like uh, quick food, but with a uh, leaning towards uh, sit, sit down. down. And that's the theme they're going with. And there's quite a few options, and all of them were really good. And hmm. there are there some, still TVs? Yeah, there's there are. TVs everywhere. The, they didn't change. And the, where is this now? The All Star Cafe oh, at okay. the Wide World of Sports. They they when they is updated, the food. Any, I'm sorry to interrupt, but is the food any good? Yeah. Because it used to be garbage. No, this this is good food. Okay. And, I mean, I, I brought a Cobb salad home to Diana last night, and it it was basically... She must appreciate the leftovers. No, <laughs> I bought her her own. I know. I'm kidding. And uh, I brought but, her home ice cream that melted. But the, the other people that were <laughs> with me... an empty doll with Diana. <laughs> uh, one got a smoked turkey sandwich, and it had the tomato, and, and it was a nice sandwich. I actually took some uh, food porn pictures. If I can get them to Corey. <laughs> no, that's yeah, what we Bob, call it. Bob likes to send his porn to me. <laughs> just the way he said it was so creepy. <laughs> well, that's what we call that's it. That's what it's called on the boards. Is that, yeah, that whole thread porn. of food porn. Where <laughs> people take pictures of their food, and that's what we were doing this week uh, with uh, when we were in the parks. Don't eat anything. We've got to take food. Corey's like, you cannot eat. I have to take a photo. I'm like, but I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm like, don't and touch it. I don't you know that's degrading Don't to the move food, a though. chip. <laughs> 
<laughs> that just leads to drug use by the food. That's right. And one of the things they're trying to do over there, they they don't have. They're trying to keep it more healthy, and uh, you'll be. I think after the end of the month, you'll be able to get a like a pasta option for carbs for people that are like running the marathon and, and things like that. Okay, mm-hmm. pastors are really funny <laughs> word women are on the end Poster. of it. <laughs> and they've eliminated chili, fries, and cheesesteak to, to get a more healthy uh, type of meal out there for you. I, I just want to rant here for a minute. I, I think it's great no. that they're offering healthy options. I think Disney needs to back off on forcing people to eat healthy. Uh, Kevin, I, I, I think I the wide world of sports is perfect. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I obviously was paying a lot of attention to that uh, these past few days. There was what well, I really appreciated the fact that every single restaurant I went into, without exception, whether it was fast food or sit down, not only had healthy options on it, but it had a nice variety. It wasn't just cursory. I mean, you have all the all the crap. I understand that. that. You have you eat. seen a children's menu lately? No. They're just not. They're not good options for kids who. I, I don't think anybody should force anybody to eat. No, a certain absolutely. Way. I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm saying I didn't feel like I. You know, for the for me as an adult though, right. I didn't feel like I was being forced. I felt like there were really good alternatives because usually healthy food for me usually doesn't taste good. Yeah. I mean, places like Casey's have switched I, to wheat buns. And that's not an option that you're given to have a regular yeah. white bun anymore. I think that goes a little too far. I'd I think. like to see you, Kevin, go and review this restaurant. All right. And see what you come up with. Because they did have some, I can't remember off the top of my head, some of the children's options for food. But they had some good options that I said, well, that, that sounds good. Yeah, we really hijacked this email. And you think they'll change the channel and put on Project Runway for us? Well, that, we, we, we talked to a, a couple of the cast Let's members. Let's go watch the Tonys. And <laughs> I, just, I just want to tell you that the people over there are very dedicated to their restaurant, and they're very excited about the the restaurant and what it's going to be. Well, I'm glad to hear they've to. done something with it. Uh, it sounds clever. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of neat things over there for that, and... I think the Cobb salad was equal to what I got at the Brown Derby. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as and if you want, that's to make a it, big statement. Yeah, that's a tough. Okay, that's a. Well, you've now challenged Kevin. I did. That's you've a thrown big down the statement. Gaunt, you've One thrown of the down things, the it's not. It's it's something where you have you can alter your and say take out the cheese or whatever on the Cobb salad. So I challenge you to go look at it. All right. But yes, Steve, you can still watch games <laughs> at the All Star Cafe, and I do agree with you. The ESPN can be uh, club can be absolutely insane. So Good Ale House. House, go to Ale, yes. House. Ale House, and it's cheap too. It's really cheap, and they have cheap beer. <laughs> See, that's why Corey likes it. Cheap beer, and the chicken nachos can serve like eight people. Really, yeah. And they have something called zingers. Those are good. Those are my favorite. Cool. Thank you very much, Corey. Okay, our next voicemail comes to us from Anne in Chicago who actually has a question more for some of our listeners than just uh, not necessarily just us here at the table, uh, basically uh, regarding post-vacation letdown. So here's Anne. Hi, guys. Anne the Adorable Julie. This is Anne. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area where it's very cold. I'm a huge fan, and I wait impatiently every week for a new new podcast to show up on my iPod. I have an off-the-wall kind of question for you all. It's really more for your listeners than for the podcasters. 
I've been to Disney many times. My family, my mom's entire family lives in Florida, and we used to visit as a kid for holidays and summer vacation and spring break, and we always took some time as a family to visit Disney World. I've tried to keep up that tradition with my four children. My oldest is 19. My youngest just turned one last week. I, my question is, I was wondering how your listeners deal with the letdown after the vacation is over. We were there in September, and I planned and planned and planned for probably six months, and then we had a fantastic vacation. And when I came home, I found that I was very depressed. I was I started to scrapbook our vacation, and then I stopped because it was making me even more sad. I couldn't watch the video because it made me sad. Everything was making me sad, but I enjoyed myself so much I can't figure out why I was so sad. We um, have talked about going again this year, and I was actually supposed to book a trip for the end of this month and decided not to. We would also like to take a cruise and go on the podcast cruise but I'm, again, afraid of the letdown when the vacation's over. So I was really wondering how your listeners deal with that letdown and how they keep the magic alive in their homes between their trips. Um, any kind of help would be appreciated. Thank you very much, and have a great day. And that's uh, uh, it's, it's, I think it's uh, an interesting point you bring up because uh, this is where people who are Disney fans that go to Disney World and just casual vacationers who are going to Disney World uh, will differ. Uh, for, I, know, I know for me, when I was living in New Jersey and planning my trips down here, I was fond of saying I only had two modes of operation. I was either planning a Disney vacation or I was on one. Uh, and there was nothing else. As soon as we would come back from a trip, I started planning the next one, even if it was going to be two years, which... I never let happen. <laughs> it had to be at least once a year. And then, of course, when I met John, we started coming down three, three times a year before we ended up moving here. So, you know, for us, actually moving to Orlando was part of, deal, you know, ended up being part of the solution for dealing with that. Because I would go through the same thing. I would go through these, these, these periods of like, you know, my life is empty now. I'm not, I'm not at Disney World. And I know this happens, and I don't want to make light of it because it really, it really does happen. There is, I, I, I asked my, my partner, Walter, about it. He's a licensed clinical social worker, and he's not comfortable saying that it can actually uh, go to, reach the level of a mood disorder. But it, it really is something I think a lot of us, a lot of Disney fans experience. And uh, so, I mean, for me, what I did was, I mean, my way of dealing with it was to start planning my next trip. And start that planning process all over again. For me, you know, half the fun of going to Disney was planning it. And, and you know, I think that's one of the reasons our discussion boards are as busy as they are. But I think that I'm sure there are listeners out there that have their own, their own ways of dealing with that. And I'd like, uh, I'd like people to call in and let us know. Call in or write in. Let us know how you deal with post-vacation letdown. 
John just mentioned something. I have this weird habit. Before we go on vacation, a couple of weeks before, I'll say to him, do you realize... You do a naked rain dance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, delete, 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 delete. Do you realize two weeks from today, our vacation will be over? Do you realize a week from today... I used to do the same thing. And I think what I do is I I enjoy the planning process. I enjoy the anticipation of a vacation. Look what I still have to look forward to. And I think what I start doing is I think I start prepping myself that a week from today... The other thing I try and do is I've also made it a point that after our trip to Italy, we had such a fantastic time, but I look back at it and I think, did I enjoy it enough? Was I aware of at the time where I was? So what I try and do now when I'm on vacation is I try and stop us at least a couple times a day and say, look at where we are. Yeah. Look at what we're doing. Appreciate it Uh, while you're in the moment. Right. Stop and appreciate it, even if it's just a, a couple seconds to just think to yourself, Wow, look where I am. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was saying, I think I was saying to Bob before, uh, uh, while we were doing our, our, our contemporary review, um, I had, and I couldn't understand why, I actually had a level of excitement about going to the hotel and doing the review this week that I haven't experienced since I moved here. It felt almost like I was planning a trip, and I, I thought I had lost that because I used to love that part, and I thought I had lost that. And, I, and while we were... You know, going around, doing our thing, it just every so often it would hit me. I have the best job on the planet. Yep. That look what look where I am and look what I'm doing and and sometimes I let the uh, I let some of the uh, negative experiences that I've had with Disney, um, more notably with their 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 uh, the business side of things, I've let that affect a lot of my uh, a lot of my attitudes to some degree, but. You know, there there really is something to be said for that. You know, for however corny it sounds, that takes some time to smell the roses approach, while you're actually in the moment and really enjoying and appreciating where you are and what you're doing. You have to make yourself stop and do it. You yeah. really have to st- make a moment out of it. The other thing is, um, <clears throat> I completely lost what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I don't remember what I was going to say. I apologize. I'm sorry. I hijacked your your comment midstream, but I think everybody has some level of, you know, sort of that sadness that your vacation's over. Your vacation is is a fantasy. There's no work. There's there's much less worry and stress than your day-to-day life. You get to escape. So when that's over, you sort of get that, you know, there's that... Back to reality. Back to reality, yeah. and here things are going. We also hear people talk about coming moving to Florida. And I think, you know... People have to really stop and consider the fact that while, as John just said, while you're on vacation, there are you're, you're carefree. Mm-hmm. There, there's none of the pressures of home. There's none of the pressures of daily life. You really have to take into account if I move to be closer to Disney World, we've all done it. Yep. I mean, none of us are from here. That you have to say to yourself, you know what? I still have to face the rest of life. Mm-hmm. I can't live in the Magic Kingdom. And so. I want to I want to steal something that Julie mentioned. And I think that this is an important part of it. If your vacation's over and you sort of have that little bit of sadness, and perhaps you're going back to an area where there's uh, a lot of snow and you're not seeing the sun, you might sort of have maybe a, a more increased effect that might help, might yeah. influence you more. I mean, and, and and that would be that's more along the lines of, uh, as Walter pointed out to me, seasonal affective disorder. Which is what that's all about. It's seasonal affective disorder is actually because of a lack of, of sunlight. And uh, so, I mean, there could be there, there could be an element of, of that in there as well. You're coming to a very warm place and then going back to Chicago, especially during the winter where it's going to be going to be cold and snowy. I have one more thing to say. Um, 
when what happens to a lot a, a lot of times is when you're on vacation, your days are very full. You're around people that you like or love for the most part, and your days are very full and active. And a lot of people go back, and it can be very depressing to sit in a cube by yourself when you've been surrounded by people that you really cared about and were having a good time at the time. And I think sort of staying active when you come home or go home is also helpful. Yeah. Because it's sort of you went from being very active and together to sort of being isolated again. And that's yeah, kind of... that's a good point. It's a good point. And I'm sure many of our... I'm sorry, Corey, you have something? Yeah, also, it's not only with going, uh, going back to places where it's cold. Uh, I know from my parents, you know, leaving New Orleans, going back to New Orleans, it, you know, they're watching the news, they're, they're seeing crime, and it's, you know, you're living in this fantasy land when you're here, and you know you have to go back there, and you have to hear these sirens, or the helicopters, or whatever, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it could be depressing, yeah. Up, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I have a suggestion for her, um... I don't know. Well, she does live in Chicago, and I know it's snowy there right now. I have a really good girlfriend who lives there. But um, buy a Disney music CD and play it when you clean your house. That's going to help bring back some of the memories that you had. Not necessarily make you sad, but make you remember maybe certain things that you had forgotten about. You know, certain songs trigger certain things, like certain smells trigger certain things. But um, with the scrapbooking, she said it made her sad, so she couldn't do it. Wait a week or two, and then do your scrapbooking, so that when you go back through these photos and you're putting them in, you may just the same thing. You may have forgotten. Oh, I totally forgot I took this photo. How how great is it mm-hmm. to remember what we did and the experiences that we had? So give yourself a little time to get over those blues before you start doing stuff like that. Diz Radio is a good place to get some of that music. Yeah, we have Diz Radio, which um, you yeah. can find links to on the board in the and, show notes page. And just listening to listening to the podcast and the new blog. Should be an interesting way for people to escape. I also think that knowing yourself and not being aware of why you're sad makes it a little easier. Yeah, as opposed to that feeling of not knowing what's causing it. So, well, I'd like to. Uh, I think I'd like to make this into a segment. I think I'd like to uh, invite our listeners to call in or write in with how they deal with it, uh, how they deal with the post-vacation letdown. Uh, I think it would make a great segment. I don't think we've ever really discussed it before on the show. And uh, I, um, so we're going to let you go ahead and pick a number. Maybe that'll help too, Ann, with uh, with the letdown. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe you'll be the one who wins the podcast cruise. Who knows? <laughs> and don't you think that planning your next trip to immediately start planning takes away that a little bit? Don't you think that's the best remedy? Oh, it is. Okay, it is for me. Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah. Start planning that next trip right away, even if it's going to be two years away. You know, start. Start planning it. Start you know thinking thinking about all the things you just experienced and what you want to do again, what you'd like to do differently, while it's all still fresh in your mind. Uh, that's what I used to do. But uh, it was a great uh, that was a great voicemail, and I really really appreciate you calling in. So, who has an email they'd like to read, Mister Magi? I have one from Vince in Reading, Pennsylvania. A few weeks ago, sure, it's not reading. I might be reading. I might be reading. Juliet's reading. I might be reading it as Reading. A few weeks ago, I recall a discussion about parking, and it was mentioned that with, quote-unquote, our passes, we have free parking at the resorts. I was wondering what pass that is, as I am an annual pass holder and a DVC member owner and recently had to pay to valet park at the Grand Floridian when arriving for dinner. I was surprised when they said they didn't accept DVC anymore. I was curious about what pass you may have used for the parking. Uh, Vince, first of all, parking at all Disney-owned and operated resorts is free. It's the valet that's more money that they that's a separate charge for. We have the Disney Dining Experience card, 
and the Disney Dining Experience card allows you to park valet park for free and any other Disney resorts that offer valet parking. Of course, you're going to have to um, tip the valet person who's going to be running around for you, but it was the Disney Dining Experience card that we were referring to. As you know, as an annual pass holder, you can park in the, the theme parks for free. That's included in your annual pass, and also any any Disney hotel guest parks at the park. Also, just kind of following up on the Disney Dining Experience card, I really had a chance to use mine in earnest this past week for the first time. Uh, not the first time, but you know, I, I used it quite a bit. Um, what a great deal that pass is. If you're an annual pass holder or a Florida resident, you're eligible. I think it's, what is it, $70 a year, 60 some odd dollars a year? 65 for the first card, and then it was 25 25 for additional cards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know just from the three days that I was on property and the places I ate, I saved $121 yep. on meals. That is not insignificant. That is not insignificant at all. You're preaching to the choir. We it's, love ours. Um, positive. We go out and do these restaurant reviews all the time. It's right. a godsend. You know, exactly. The, um, and, you know, it's, I really think that Disney ought to consider making this part and parcel of a premium annual pass rather than making us pay extra for it. But the fact that the discount is available and it is probably the last really decent discount available to an annual pass holder anymore. Um, if you've got an a- annual pass, and even if you're only coming for a few days, you can absolutely recoup the cost of that card and then some. Plus, like you, John mentioned, you get free valet parking, which is saving you 10 bucks a pop, 10 bucks a day there. So, yeah, that, that DDE card is good. I'm hoping they don't do what they usually do, and, oh, wow, we have a really good deal somewhere. Let's eradicate it. Well, we're starting to see that. The price is inched up and inched up. It used to be you got a second card for free. Now you have to pay for the second card. So let's see what dis- – and the adding the gratuity beforehand oh. thing. Let's see them make – hopefully they won't chip away at this until it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, well, actually uh, – I used mine at the Kona Cafe for dinner one night, and uh, I didn't realize it until the next day when I went to use it at Epcot, but the waiter never gave it back to me. And uh, trying to call the Polynesian to find out where my card was was pretty much, I I stood a better chance of calling the White House and talking to George Bush. And I ended up having to pay $25 to get a new card issued. So Scott at the Kona Cafe, thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. Um, Was but that even one still, of those cast member thank yous? <laughs> yeah, this cast member appreciation. And you know what? And, for that. and not for nothing, Scott was a great waiter. We had a, he was really terrific. Uh, he's, he'd been there for about four years at the Kona Cafe, and you could tell he enjoyed it. And he really loved what he was doing. And he was a great waiter, and I gave him a great tip, and he stole my damn Disney Dining Experience <laughs> card. So there's karma coming your way, buddy. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was good. The food could have been better, but he was good. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Magi. Who else? Mr. Close. I have another one. First of all, I'd like to say hi to Anthony and congratulate him on being nominated to represent his school at the Junior National Leadership Conference in Washington, D.C. Actually, you know what? Let's, um, for our listeners that have maybe just joined us in the last couple of months, why don't you explain who Anthony is and why we're always saying hello to him? Anthony was a young man who wrote to us and told us that he was having a hard time with his friends and peers not understanding his love of everything Disney. He was having a pretty tough time of it, and we thought that we all understood it. We've all explained to someone in our lives at some point in time why we love Disney. We've all made... We've all had been made fun of and had 
you or, know, esca- looked, as, look as, looked at askant. Exactly. You've all had that somebody look at you and go, but I don't get it. And you try and explain to them, but you go to the beach every season, every summer, and they just don't get it. They just think this is a park for small kids. And I'm sorry, if you don't, get the, if you don't have the Disney gene, if you weren't born with it, you just won't ever get it. Right. But Anthony... Anthony kind of touched all of us because we all understood it. So I had um, said that every time I did a show, I would say hello to Anthony. And Anthony represents all of us. Yep. Anthony represents the, the Disney fan in all of us who have had to explain it. And quite an exceptional young man as well in terms of uh, he seems very bright. And again, he's been nominated to represent his school at the Junior National Leadership Conference in Washington, D.C. Very cool. So someday you might all be voting for Anthony for president. You never know. You never know. You never know. Congratulations on that, Anthony. Good for you. My email is from Nicole Willis in Sevierville, Tennessee. Nicole says, Hi, guys and Julie. I have a question about a special event at Epcot called Pin Celebration. I found it listed on the Disney site under special events, and it will be going on September 5th and 6th, which just happens to be the time we will be there. I collect and enjoy trading Disney pins with cast members when I'm in the park. I remember Kevin saying that he used to collect Disney pins, and I was hoping that he could give me some info on this event. Is it for adults or kids or both? Is it a free event? Anything you can tell me would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all your hard work and the great podcast you put out every week. Nicole, I have been to, John and I have been to several of these events. It's a multi-day event. Uh, The first couple days are usually just for the event attendees. There is the last day of the event, which is a public day. What happens is there is a charge to attend the event if you want to attend the first couple days. In 2007, it was $90 per person. I don't know if what the cost will be, if it will go up or down, but I would assume it will remain about the same or go up. Disney doesn't usually lower their prices for anything. This event this year is September 5th through the 7th, and there are activities to be taken advantage of. There are special, sometimes there are special appearances. There is usually an auction involved where you can bid on things that regular people can't buy. They um, auction off limited edition things. There would also be uh, the opportunity to buy limited edition pins and merchandise that would only be offered at this event. A lot of times these things do sell out to the people attending the event. And if there is anything left over, it goes to public day. And after that, it is available to anybody who enters the park. But again, the, the... more coveted merchandise would be taken by the people who uh, attend the event. What happens is you're given uh, information prior to the event if you want to sign up for it, and they have, I forget what they call it, it's a random selection process. Oh, you put in your lottery, an RSP, RSP process. You're given a list of the information and a list of the uh, things that are available, and you number them in the order in which you would think your priority is for receiving them. It's put in through a computer, and this stuff is assigned to people who are attending the event. You do have to pay for it, and sometimes you get what you want, and sometimes you don't. The good news is that sometimes you can trade for it. There's also a great deal of pin trading and bartering and dickering that goes on at these events, but if that's something you're not interested in, you can still attend the other things. So. Usually with that admission, uh, there is something... F- Included in that, not just admission. Right. There's usually a pin or something that they give you or um, 
some kind of pin related thing mm-hmm. so that it, you get yeah. something that's just for the people who paid for the event. In the event, in the past, there's been food coupons to use throughout the park and things like that. So the $90 does cover the cost of your event. There's usually a breakfast involved. So there's a lot of things that come with it, but it is a charge to attend the event. There's usually a long line that you get to stand in for much of the event. They've streamlined that since the time I forced <laughs> you to go. <laughs> oh, that's the last time I remember. It's like <laughs> there have been times when this has turned out to be quite popular and it's kind of turned into a fiasco. I can remember standing in hours long lines at more than one of these. But that's, they what seem- this, that's what this RSP process has done. Instead of waiting in line to buy the pin and having to, to line up you know, days in advance, now you put your order in and you get selected. What's happened is pin trading has become less and less popular over the years. So the likelihood of you getting everything you want has increased. There was a time when you, they would have a limited edition of 500 pin and people would go nuts because a thousand people were shut out of it. That doesn't usually happen anymore. I still have some of those pins I'm trying to get rid of. Who are they? Who's on your pin? I want to say Will Robinson, but it isn't Will Robinson. I know that's wrong. That's the it's Lost Robinson. in Space pin event you went to. <laughs> Robinson something. There. His name is Christopher, Christopher Robin. Robin. No, Robinson. Just Christopher Robin. Oh, I had no idea who he was talking about. No, it's, it's a going thing. I have I bought a whole bunch of these, and it's like... Bob was speculating stiff. and got burnt. Got stiff. So anyone that wants one and wants to pay like five hundred dollars for it, I, I have I have them available. Bob is such a good salesman. I got all these pins I got stiffed with. You want it for five hundred dollars? They're limited edition. If though. you get five bucks for it, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. All right. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one from Karen from Newport, New Hampshire. We were visiting from New Newport and. New Hampshire in April, and we will be staying at Port Orleans French Quarter. While listening to your podcast, I understand the pool will be closed until March 15th. How accurate is Disney usually in the prediction of these reopenings of the pools? Now, they're very, I'd say they're, they're extremely accurate on the pool reopenings, not so much on the, uh, the attractions. Usually they, they, um, they'll open earlier than later, especially with the pools. So I think, you know, with your, you're coming in mid-April, you'll, you're safe. The pool will be open. It'll be done. By mid-April, so you're all set. Yeah, they tend to overestimate those things so that people are not disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Unless something horribly goes wrong, but that's few and far between. Okay, well, thank you very much, Corey. All right, and our final voicemail for today's show comes to us from Marna Saunders in Kentucky. She has some questions about a fireworks cruise. Hi, podcast crew. This is Marna Saunders from Owensville, Kentucky. I'm known as P-Perfect Mon mom on the boards. I wanted to let you know that I love the podcast and listen at work every Tuesday. My coworkers think I'm crazy because I laugh at you guys all the time. In fact, the Mojito segment really had me laughing, and I think they were kind of worried about me that night. Anyway, I have a few questions concerning the specialty fireworks cruises that are offered. We're planning to return to the world in September, and I want to schedule a surprise one evening. There will be four of us total, including two small children. Are these cruises suitable for kids? I'm really leaning toward the Illuminations one, since we had a somewhat unpleasant experience trying to view it on our last trip. We picked out a spot an hour beforehand and waited not so patiently with the two- and four-year-old, 
right at the last minute, a lady pushed up next to me and my son. She was one of those people who kept pushing and trying to get in front of us to take pictures. I was holding my son in my arms, not on my shoulders, of course, and she didn't care if she knocked us down. It was very uncomfortable, and we did not get to enjoy illuminations at all. So I really want to make it up to the family by surprising them with the cruise. The cost seems like a lot, so I was wondering if you all think it would be worth that amount. Any tips or suggestions would be great. Thanks, and keep up all the good work. Bye. Well, Marna, actually, um, to answer your first question, is it appropriate for kids? Absolutely. Uh, there's, I think it's almost made for kids, really and truly. But uh, in terms of uh, which fireworks cruise, whether it's illuminations or, or, or wishes, I love both. I, I've done both fireworks cruises. I've loved them both. Um, I think, though, around the table, you'd, uh, you'd hear that the Magic Kingdom, doing it for wishes is probably better. And as far as the cost is concerned, you know, on our theme parks forum, we do have a, a thread there uh, on Illuminations Cruises. It's actually a sticky. It's third down from the top. Uh, it says Illuminations Cruises. What are they? Had a book and find one to share. The pontoon boats hold uh, 10 people. So you, you might be able to find, uh, if you want to kind of limit the cost a little bit, find someone to share one with you or share one of theirs. Uh, and if you really want to do something extraordinarily special for your family, it's tough to get, but uh, rent the Breathless for a, uh, the Breathless uh, Cruise for Illuminations. That's a uh, replica 1933 Chris Craft mahogany boat, mahogany speedboat that is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you can, they actually like take you out um, in that waterway between uh, the Epcot Resorts and MGM, and the driver will open it up, and you go, it's almost like a thrill ride. That is Crescent Lake. Crescent Lake, thank you. I was having trouble remembering the name. But uh, the driver opens it up, and it really is, I mean, it's really quite, a, yeah. quite an experience. Now, that's very expensive. I don't have the pricing on that in front of me, and I don't want to guess. But I, the last time I looked at it, it was 300 bucks. So it is more expensive than... And the, that doesn't hold as many people. And that people. does not hold as many people. I think you're limited to five, I think five so. people on that one. And again, I could be off on that. I'm not looking at the information directly right now. So don't send in 300 emails telling me I was wrong. Um, but uh, So, I mean, those are some of the options you have. You can also have... You can also do like little parties on these things. You can have sodas and chips and cake and well, they actually provide those. They provide sodas and chips on the cruises on the pontoon boats. Right. No mojitos though. No, I'm saying that you can have food services put mm-hmm. you know other stuff other on stuff there as on well. Um, you can make it as, as as special as you want to, and like I said, you know, invite other people on the boards if you want to help defray the cost or just do something special with your family. Keep in mind that they will provide life jackets for kids. Yes. And use the bathroom beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you would hang I would say side. don't have any alcohol beforehand. <laughs> now, is it customary to tip the driver on these things? Yes. yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. How much to tip the driver? How much to tip the driver is one of those gray areas that's, you know, there's no there's no set yeah, I always think that you know if, you, if you're never sure what to tip somebody in a service position, go with 15%. It's always safe. It also depends on what the driver does for you. We recently, I think we talked about it on the podcast, we got one on the night of the event. We just walked up and said, can we go? And they said yes. And they produced a driver out of thin air, I think. 
and who was just outrageously good to us. Yeah. So, again, what your driver does for you, uh, reward him or her accordingly. And the main reason I say I like the wishes more than the illuminations because, you know, for illuminations, they park you under that bridge. I mm-hmm. like I like the wishes. You know, you're, you're out but again, there. You're not actually like under the bridge. You're like a little bit past it. I mean, you can see above you. And again, if you if you do the breathless, the breathless is always the first boat, and then the pontoon boats will be behind it or to the right of it. So that's a plus for doing the breathless. Is you're always guaranteed you get the premier spot. Premier huh? spot. However, I don't. I've I've been on them where we've been the fourth boat back, and I've never had a blocked view. Illuminations. The fireworks at illuminations aren't as high as the ones at the Magic Kingdom. They're a, a lower altitude fireworks. A lot right. more goes on on the surface of right. the water. And right. No, so. I think it's a great thing to do. You also have to be a little bit more, I guess, aggressive in the crowds. Don't let people push you around. Right. Yeah, Stand it's uh, you know, Stand now, wide. I mean, personally speaking, you know my my uh, my policy when I'm you know waiting for a parade because I I'm I will scope out a spot an hour ahead of time and I know exactly what you're talking about. You plan ahead. You get there. Somebody arrives five minutes before time and thinks they're going to muscle their way in. Uh, I'm pretty aggressive about that stuff. I'm not afraid to throw an elbow. But what I will do is if there are children, I'll say to them, if you want, let your kids stand in front of me, absolutely. If you think you're standing in front of me, you're out of your mind. So, I mean, you know, for the kids, absolutely let them, let them in front of you. But to the people, uh, I, I'm telling you, that's one of the things that you talk about a park peeve. That's a huge peeve for me. We've actually come up with a little bit of a tip for people who are waiting for the parade. And this has come from having with someone in a wheelchair. We have learned that if you put the person in a wheelchair or children, I don't know how to say this, whatever direction the parade is coming from, put the person who would have trouble seeing at the far end of where you're sitting so that when the parade comes to them, they will be the last, the next one, to, the last one to see it. I'm, this is not going to work on radio or on this, but it's hard to explain. The, Help the, me explain it. Right. The philosophy is what usually happens is the person who is shorter has a shorter distance. You put them as facing the parade route as close to the, the your party to the parade route as possible. Invariably, someone stands right next to them and they get blocked. So if you put them in your party furthest away from where the parade out is coming towards you, then you can sort of step back and let that person have a yeah. line you of con- sight. You control the space and right before it. the parade. That's the and that's what we it. did at the parade the other okay, day. Okay, because you got me completely Sorry. confused, no, but no. I'm hoping that everybody else understands. No, if the parade is coming from your left, just so to try and make a visual here, if the parade is coming from your left, put your children at the right side so that of you, you control your who, party. Right. Yeah. So, so that oh, okay. You okay. control who stands in front of them. Mm-hmm. So you know, what Bob That's, and I did for the three o'clock parade is we put ourselves between uh, on either side of a light post, and I had a, a trash can, a trash can on my on my left. I had a light post on my right, a trash can on my left. And so we, nobody could. We were controlling that whole area, right. and that's the best thing to do. So you don't have people standing in front of you. Well, we've learned this with a wheelchair because yeah. what happens is if you put them on the end where the parade is coming from, as John says, someone invariably pushes ahead and stands directly in front of them, so they don't see the parade until it's right in front of them. Yeah. If you put them at the far end of whichever direction the parade is coming from, you have some control over who stands in front of them, and they get to see a little more of it. I have a feeling so, you just proved Bob's theorem about the space shuttle launch. Yep. 
Exactly. And I, <laughs> I sucked you in and got you. Except for one thing. Oh, yeah, that was all plans, Bob. Right. <laughs> the parade does not happen at an altitude of 3,000 feet. <laughs> But it's Which the, is visible from 60 miles away. It's the shuttle viewing theory. In, if you know, also, but honestly, you know, if, if you want to see passive-aggressive behavior in, its, in full form, any parade that goes on at Disney World, it's every, because no, and people are really, for whatever reason, afraid to just turn around and say, please step back. I'm not. You're invading my personal space. You know, Get off that, my back. You need to step back if you want to let your kids stand in front of me. But you know what? The, the, the best solution to it is to politely but firmly say something. Elbow them in the don't, chest. Don't sit there and stew and get, get all steamed and you know, be all passive-aggressive. Light nudges. Just absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, if someone's invading my space, I have no trouble turning around and saying, hey, you, I'm sorry, you need to step back. The other good point is that you don't have to view the parade on Main Street. That parade wins through a great deal of the park. Find a less crowded spot. There's a lot of them. Yep, absolutely. So I wanted to say I love Marna's accent. It reminds me of home. <laughs> She's from Kentucky. Uh, no. Exactly. You're from Kentucky? <laughs> you no, guys don't understand. Southern, southern accent. So, she, Marna has a, a, a very nice southern drawl, and I think that's what Julie's making reference to. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Boy, talk about pay, taking yeah. everything literally. God. Use your words, Julie. I'm watching. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Marna. That is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody.